ladies and gentlemen, thank you for getting ready to tune into another episode of Shooting Lights Out here from the Playmakers Bar Sports Network. The Playmakers Bar and Shooting Lights Out. We'd like to let you know that we are sponsored by Fanatics. Get your fishing license and everything, sports, memorabilia, jerseys, T-shirts, whatever the case may be, book bags, whatever it is, get it from Fanatics.com. Your fishing license everything. And going on right now, you have up to 65% off site ride merchandise. All you have to do is use the code 65 boat. That is 65 B O L T boat to get up to 65% off. But also, shooting your lights out is sponsored by Liz. Locker rooms by Liz. Get your favorite hat wear with your favorite team logo. You can also get some nice t shirts made for you with your special team or special player on it at Locker Room by Liz. And going on today, Locker Room by Liz is offering free shipping on U.S. orders over $24. Just use the promo code LIDS24. That is LIDS, L-I-D-S-2-4, for free shipping on U.S. orders over $24. And now, get ready for a new episode of Shooting Lights Out. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Shooting Lights Out on February 20th, 2023. How y'all doing on this Monday? I'm doing good. Y'all know me, the playmaker down there song. And yes, I do have the TV on in the background. Playing some NBA highlights, you know. All-Star Weekend came and gone in Salt Lake City and whatnot. You know, some, some good things happened. But as you should know, not everything as good as I adjust the mic real quick for you. Yeah. But nevertheless, 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 I am here. We are ready to get it going. We are ready to talk about some stuff. So as you know how we roll, we got to go around on Hardwood. And we're going around the Hardwood NBA style, ladies and gentlemen. This is straight NBA stuff for around the Hardwood today. We're kicking it off, breaking news from today, the big news from today. Russell Westbrook is staying in L.A. He's going from the Lakers, from the Jazz, back to L.A. for the Los Angeles Clippers. The buyout's being finalized between Westbrook and the Utah Jazz. Thus, he is planning on signing with Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, and the Los Angeles Clippers. I am happy for this sign. There's only two teams that I wanted Paul, I wanted Russell Westbrook to look at. It was the Clippers or the Heat. I didn't care about Chicago. I didn't care about uh, there's another team in there. I didn't care about them. The only two teams I wanted Westbrook to consider was the Los Angeles Clippers and the Miami Heat. 
Thankfully, he signed one on them, and it's the Los Angeles Clippers, which works for me because I picked the Clippers to make it to the finals. I, I rubbed the West, so uh, I need Kawhi Leonard, Paul Jones to get healthy and stay on the court. Now I need them to integrate Russell Westbrook into the system with Teron Lou and work it so y'all can do what y'all can do. And I say y'all coming out the West, and damn it, I want y'all to come out the West. So happy and thankful for Russell Westbrook choosing to sign with you know, the L.A. Clippers. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Russ. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Topic one out of the way. Topic number two. Kevin Love attends to join the Miami Heat after clearing Ravens. He was released from the Cleveland Cavaliers over the week. Uh, they are saying they are going to retire his jersey. Well, he's been there, I think, probably been there for 10 years. He was talking quite a bit, even with LeBron leaving. Uh, he got there with LeBron around, let me think, 2014, 2015. Yeah, close to about eight, eight, nine years. Won one championship, you know, that one in 2016 with LeBron, Kate, Kyrie, and Kevin Love. Bring that championship back home to Cleveland. So he leaves Cleveland. He's planning on signing with the Heat. Another contender. The other team that I was one of the rest we could to consider. Kevin Love has done that. And he's had that. South Beach, excuse me. Not a bad pickup for the Miami Heat, to be honest. Not a bad spot for Kevin Love, to be honest, too. Kevin Love can come off the bench, back up Bam Adebayo, can stretch the floor with his three-point shooting ability, can also be a man in the middle with the green Remember, Kevin Love was a double-double machine when he was in Minnesota. He still can be a double-double machine if he really wants to be. Just letting you know that. Kevin Love is no scrub. He can still hoop in the league, all right? So good pickup for the Clippers. Good pickup for the Heat. I like where this is going so far. Now we get to All-Star. Damian Lillard can check can check off his to-do list of winning the three-point contest. He's done that. Uh, from, from what people have said, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be clear. I didn't watch nothing All-Star weekend Friday night. I didn't watch nothing All Star Weekend Saturday night, especially Saturday night because I was watching the Limitless Tournament. I ain't gonna lie to you, which I'm getting ready to recap that with the Bearman on his show, Ringside Chaos. Get ready to check that out throughout the week. But I did catch the uh, All Star game, which I'll get to in a bit. Heard a lot of things about All Star Saturday Night Showcase. A lot of bad, but some good. Tyrese Halliburton had a good start, dropping 31 points. I think it was the first round of the three-point contest, but it was Damian Lillard who took it home, which is a great thing that we got to see a guy who shoots the three and shoots it very well win the three-point contest. So good job, Damian Lillard. You can check that off your to-do list. You have accomplished that. Mac McCon dominates field to win slam dunk contest. So first and foremost, congratulating to the young man for winning the dunk contest. For being spectacular, by the way, he had three 50 dunks. He had three dunks, but just gave him straight 50s. It is impressive. Haven't seen nothing like that happen in quite some time. I don't want to say Vince Carter, maybe Dwight Howard. Nevertheless, who is this guy? This guy signed a two-way contract with the Philadelphia 
76er about a week ago. Awesome days ago. Can't remember which one it is, but I'm trying to remember. Excuse me. You're telling me this guy who was in the G League, by the way, signs a two-way contract to get to the main roster with the Philadelphia 76ers. He's, inv he's invited to do the Saturday Night Showcase, the Sunbelt Contest, and he's the one that wins. Don't knock on him. Spectacular. And he showed White Man Can't Jump. Shout out to Wesley Snipes and uh, Woody Harrison for White Man Can't Jump. Uh, clearly, this white boy can jump out the gym. Nevertheless, he put on a show and people are saying, did he slay, did he say the slam dunk contest? No. Did you not see what he did? No, I didn't see what he did, but I heard about it. And congratulations to the young man. But where's uh, John Moran said he's never going to do it. Anthony Edwards said he's not going to do it. Zion wants to do it, but I'm looking at him like, until you can play 60 games in the goddamn season, I don't need you in the dunk contest because I don't need you getting hurt. We're trying to see the New Orleans Pelicans as healthy as they can be for once, and we can't never see because you're hurt. And if you're not hurt, Brandon Nickham's hurt. And once Brandon Ingram came back, you went down. And then when you're supposed to come back, you had a setback. But nevertheless, where are the superstars at? You know, remember the days when Dominique Wilson was in the slam dunk contest, Michael Jordan, Dr. J, Fitz Carter, Tracy McGrady, Kobe Bryant. Dwight Howard, Zach Levine. What are the names at? Where are the stars for the slam dunk contest? Well, they're too busy to be in the three-point contest. Damian Little, Jason Tatum, you know. Guys that can shoot three should be just like Steph Curry, Clay Thompson. But yet, LeBron James has never done it. John Moran says he's never going to do it. Anthony Arrow says he's not going to do it. Zion Williams says he's going to do it, but he can't stay healthy enough to do it. Uh, let's see. Dwayne Wade. Has Dwayne Wade been in the, in the slam dunk contest? I don't think so. Uh, who was it? Who was his known for ducking that I can think of right now? Uh, Jerry Jackson Jr. Um, just throwing names out here, you know, star names, to be honest. You know, now one person in the Slam Dunk Contest out of the four guys that competed in the Slam Dunk Contest won an all-star. Let that marinate. John Marine, Jim Jackson Jr., Julius Randle, uh, Luka Doncic, even though he can't jump, uh, LeBron James, Drew Holiday, Kyrie Irving, even though they're not dunkers, Damian Lillard. I mean, damn out of bio. All these names that I said was not a part of the slam dunk contest. Was not a part of the slam dunk contest. This is why the slam dunk contest has been what it is. And this is why people are calling for the slam dunk contest to be banned from our star weekend because who cares? Well, you don't have stars in the slam dunk contest anymore. Nevertheless, Mr. McClone, congratulations to you, sir. You had an impressive showing that got people out their seats and ready. Practically, probably asking for more to say the least because you did put on a show. So, congratulations to you, sir. You are a NBA slammed up contest winner. 
And we should be looking forward to seeing you next year in Indianapolis for the Slam Dunk Conference. That was one problem with Slam, with All-Star Weekend. Let's get to the major problem with Slam of the All-Star Weekend. It's the All-Star Game itself. As you can see, this article here says, Jason Tatum scores All-Star record 55 points and wins MVP. All right. Alvin Silver, first and foremost, I like the way that you're trying to change things up. You're not afraid to implement new things, to try new things, to get some excitement back to the All-Star Weekend. Granted, now, I do like the format of picking before the game. We just got to speed it up a bit, okay? It shouldn't take 30 to 40 minutes to pick your team, all right? I know it's TV you want, but if you're going to do it on TV, just do it like you're supposed to like be doing it in the park, all right? Giannis got first pick. Here you go. Giannis is taking that one. LeBron's taking that guy back and forth without wasting time. Bam, we there. Take a short break. Don't even when you come back, you don't need Chuck and Charles and Kenny to say what they like and what they don't like. Even though Shaq was funny, calling Charles out, saying, "I want to thank Patron for sponsoring Chuck." <laughs> that was funny. Shaq is a fool, and that was funny. I'm not going to kid you. When he said that, I laughed. I laughed pretty hard. That was that was funny. But nevertheless, we don't have to do all that. Once you come back from break. Have the two guys who the captains pick their starters, and let's get this show rocking and rolling. Okay, we spent a lot of time doing presentations and concerts and all this other stuff between the pregame and the halftime show. Halftime show was a little too much. Trust me, I love the tour of Africa. I love African music like any other black person. One, you didn't insult they sit at all places that you talk. Secondly, there's not the time for it. And thirdly, you still had to honor LeBron James for breaking that goddamn scoring record when we did it a week prior. You're doing too much, NBA. You're doing too much for All-Star Weekend, okay? We celebrated the fact LeBron James broke the record in, in at, basically at the end of the damn third quarter against the Oklahoma City Thunder, a game that they lost, by the way. We celebrated him then. We didn't have to celebrate him for All-Star. He was gonna do that. He might as well didn't even did the uh the whole concert thing for Africa. He just might as well did the celebration of LeBron James with Carl Malone, who is like probably the most hated man right now of basketball. And the captain, Kareem Adu Jabbar. Because it just did that and we get back to the game. By the way, LeBron James didn't even play the second half because of a hand injury he suffered in the first half of in the All-Star game. Now, back to the All-Star game itself. You could have literally had Oprah Winfrey host the first quarter. It was because, Giannis, you can get a dunk and you out for the rest of the game. Uh, let's see. Kyrie, you can get a layup. Uh, Jason Teddy, you can get a dunk. Uh, Jalen Brown, you can get a dunk. LeBron, you can get a dunk. Uh, you know? Hey, Lauren, what, what kind? You're, you're a Utah Jazz guy. You get a dunk. Everybody gets a dunk. That's pretty much what the first quarter was. Dunk here, dunk there, three here, three there, dunk mode, dunk mode, dunk mode. John Moran won a poem show. After he said he didn't want to play, he didn't want to do the damn dunk contest. And having Reggie Miller and Kenneth Spock on commentary saying, please, y'all, because you just out here showing out now. Double pump between the legs and dunking it backwards. I mean, come on, y'all. Really? 
How you gonna say you don't want to do the dunk contest, but you out here doing contest dunks in the goddamn game? Let's be for real, people. Let's let's literally be for real. All right. No defense is being played. It's not exciting whatsoever. And when we get to the site, the only exciting part about All-Star Sunday was the fact that Jason Tatum, who you see here, who dropped with the nipple in the All-Star game, went up against Jalen Brown at the end of the third quarter. Them two was going back and forth, and Jalen Brown was giving Jason Tatum the business. Like I said, you don't believe me, you can go back and watch it. Jalen Brown got the best of Jason Tatum numerous times. And he gave him he too small twice. Now, granted, at the end of the third quarter, Jason Taylor got the final say at the end of the third quarter by not letting Jalen Brown get the shot off before the buzzer. Nevertheless, still, that's the most exciting thing of, of all that happened on Sunday. Jason Taylor versus Jalen Brown. And everything else was like, blah. Who cares? Because when you got to the fourth quarter, it was like, you knew who was going to win. Jason Taylor was dropping threes. Damian Little was dropping threes. Donovan Mitchell was dropping threes. By the way, Donovan Mitchell got the biggest ovation, the biggest pop out of everybody in attendance at last at, at All-Star Sunday. And he don't even play for Utah anymore. He plays for the Cleveland Cavaliers. That's how much Utah misses Donovan Mitchell, okay? But nevertheless, Donovan Mitchell, Jason Taylor, and Damian Little was all jacking threes up and knocking them down. You know what the problem was? They was all on the same team. They was all part of the Giannis. So the guys who were shooting the best threes, the most threes out of everybody, they all on the same team. And Giannis finally beat LeBron in the all-star matchup. LeBron finally got his first loss in this captain's matchup. Because he didn't have shooters. All the shooters was on Team Giannis. Go figure. And yet, Jason Taylor breaks the scoring record. He had 10, 10 threes. Gets the 55, breaks the record, gets the Kobe Bryant Award, which is synonymous with him because he, he looked up the Kobe. He was, Kobe was his mentor and all that good stuff. Now, unless this is, uh, I know Adam Silver wants to empower the players to be more, you know, do more for the players and stuff like that. But, you know, the All-Star game is not what it used to be. Now, people want to go back and go back to East versus West. The problem is this is the reason why Adam Silver had to go to this format because the West was kicking the East ass every chance they got. And they were blowing the doors all at halftime. The West was up 40 at halftime. And everybody's like, you know, point to keep watching. We already know we're going to win. The East, the East can't keep up. So that's why he switched the format to we go captains and we go playground style. Y'all pick your teams, we suit up, and we get it going. I like the format. I like this format. Now, if y'all can play some damn defense and make it competitive enough, because what y'all try to do is you're going to add charity to it. Whoever wins the quarter, you got 100000 going to a winning team for that quarter. If y'all if y'all tight in the quarter, 50000 will go to both charities. And fourth quarter, we're going to add 24 points to honor the great Kobe Bryant, RIP. And the first team to get to that target score wins. I like the format. I like it. The problem is nobody's playing defense. And when it's time to play defense, the other team already got it out of hand. So we think you, now I'm not saying go out there and go all out from start to finish. But you know, 
First quarter, we play some defense. Second quarter, defense wrenches up some more. Third quarter, we get to it. And then fourth quarter, it's lock and load. This is a real goddamn game now. But until then, people are still going to complain about All-Star Weekend. And people are not going to be invested in All-Star Weekend. And All-Star Weekend will continue to crumble further and further and further until Adam Silver and the players decided to take it more seriously like they did back in the days during the Jordan era, the Kobe era. All right. Now, this right here, I put up here because I wanted to, I want to talk about this. I wanted to talk about this. You know, Anthony Edwards said this, I think, during All-Star Weekend, before everything got started. All the guys, he said, quote, all the guys sitting, resting, just play, man. These people might have enough money to come to one game, one game. And that might be the game they come to in year 69. This is Anthony Edwards pretty much talking about load management and there's one thing he can change in the nba it is load management lebron james sent out a number, number of games anthony davis missing games Kawhi leonard on and off the court you know paul george missing games you know, zion williams i can keep going this load management junk is getting on my nerves and it's getting on everybody's nerves because a paying customer like Anthony said, might have enough money for one game out there. For one game. One game. And that one game, here comes LeBron James and the Los Angeles Lakers. Trying to find out LeBron James ain't playing. Great. So I literally just spent $200 on the ticket, and LeBron James, the face of the NBA to most people, is not even playing. Great. I mean, you got nothing for one game, and you stand out here in what Florida, let's say Orlando, and the Golden State Warriors are coming to town, but he had no Steph Curry, no Clay Thompson. But you spend one hundred and seventy-five dollars to watch Andrew Wiggins, Draymond Green, Jordan Poole play against the Orlando Magic. Wow! Instead of the Splash Brothers. Oh, that's flipping. You go, you're a team, you're a team in what? Let's say, let's, let's pick a team in the West. You're a team in Portland, right? You know, Dame Dollars, you know, Dame Dollars there. He's there. He's going to play. And you have a team like, let's say, the Phoenix Suns coming into town. But there's no Devin Booker or Kevin Durant. Yes, CP3. You got DeAndre Ayton, but no Devin Booker, no Kevin Durant. Kind of deflates the, the atmosphere, right? Because you want to see David Lillard and Devin Booker go at it. You want to see what Kevin Durant does against a team that led by David Lillard. I mean, just to throw some samples out there. And the paying customer had enough had enough money, had, had enough to pay $250 for him, his son and wife to come watch some stars go at each other. And Damian Lillard, Kevin Durant, and Devin Booker. And Kevin Durant and Devin Booker ain't playing. Kobe Bryant, if he weren't injured, he was playing. And I watched a lot of stuff on Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant had a game against the Toronto Raptors, and Vince Carter was coming to town. 
and he was dealing with back spasm. And he said, oh, hell no, I ain't listening to that game. People going to say, I'm ducking Vince. Oh, no. Kobe said, there's a lot of days that I can rest up and get the back right. But Vince got to have to see me tonight. Vince going to have to see me. That's what Corey Bryant said. Michael Jordan. Michael, I think Michael Jordan played damn near 80 games all his career. So probably a couple of times when he was actually injured, he had to miss most of the season. Shoot, when Dwight Howard was was the first of the Orlando Magic, he played damn near every goddamn game. And I'm a Magic fan, and I know this. Dwight Howard wasn't sitting now just to sit out and load management and all that stuff. Dwight Howard, Jameer Nelson, that was on the damn court. Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, and Roger, and Ray Allen, they're going to have to see my Magics. Dwight Howard wasn't sitting out. LeBron James, when he was in Cleveland, going to have to see my Magic because Dwight Howard ain't out. Dwayne Wade, when he was in Miami, going to see Dwight Howard because Dwight Howard ain't sitting out. Same thing with Dwayne Wade. He, him, him and LeBron boys, but guess what? When the Heat and Cleveland and Cavaliers got together, hey, LeBron going to have to see Dwayne Wade. Wade. When Carmelo Anthony was in New York, Dwayne Wade and Carmelo Anthony going to have to see Dwayne Wade. It don't matter. But nevertheless, this is – and we and we know who to blame, Greg Popovich, for this. Yeah, with the San Antonio Spurs, he started this, and the NBA has ran with it, so. But nevertheless, Anthony Edwards, thank you for that. That was a very, very good thing for you to say. And he's one of the you know, stars of the NBA up there in Minnesota. Love it. Ah, Mr. James himself prepares to push Lakers to make playoffs. He called the final 23 games, because 23 games left in the red season, ladies and gentlemen, the most important regular season games of his career. Now, whether you believe that or not, that's up to you. But basically, from LeBron's perspective, is I missed the playoffs last year. The Lakers missed the playoffs last year. I ain't trying to miss the playoffs again. This team ain't trying to miss the playoffs again. They made a trade for D'Angelo Russell and Malik Beasley and Jerry Vanderbilt, which I hate, but it's a good trade for them. I hate it because I can't stand the Lakers, and I want the Lakers to suffer as much as they can. Just as me being really nice. But to be fair about it, that is a damn good trade. They traded Russell Westbrook out of Nevertheless, you're on the 500 still, and you're sitting at the 13th spot in the rest. With 23 games left, do you have enough games and time to make it into at least a play? And that is the question, ladies and gentlemen. Do the Lakers have enough time and games to make the play? We shall see. But LeBron James is taking this uh, pretty seriously now. Let's see what the Lakers do going forward here. And speaking of which, this is what the standings look like. One do team on both sides. This is the East. As you can see, the Boston Celtics with a 42-17 and 17 record. I have a game on the Milwaukee Bulls, who are 41-17. Third is the Philadelphia 76ers. Fourth is the Cleveland Cavaliers with Donovan Mitchell and and uh, that crew doing that thing. The Brooklyn Nets with the new look Nets without Kyrie and KD sitting filled. The Knicks right behind them at six. Sitting in the playing spot are the Miami Heat, the Atlanta Hawks, the Washington Wizards, and the Toronto Raptors. So we already know the top three teams is Boston, Milwaukee, and 
Philly. But who would be the next seven teams? The four that makes the play-in and the two that avoids the play-in. As of right now, the the New York borough, the borough of New York between the Nets and the Knicks are the currently sitting couple, sitting very well in outside the play-in, above the play-in, shall I say, above the play-in. While the Heat, Hawks, Wizards, and Raptors are fighting to keep a playing or get above the Knicks or the Knicks to make it out of the play. Nevertheless, you still have the uh, Indiana Pacers behind there. I think the Pacers are 16-11. Let me uh, pull this up real quick for you. I don't want to be wrong here. Let's go to the standings here. Yeah, no, the Bulls sitting 11 and the Pacers sitting sitting 12 with a uh, half a game between them two. And surprisingly, ladies and gentlemen, surprisingly, my Orlando matches is right there. A game and a half away from the Pacers and four games out from the Toronto Raptors, who's currently 10th. That young team is still pressing me. I am proud of this young team led by Pablo Bancaro. I'm a proud Magic fan. I didn't think y'all was going to be able to, to compete this season, but y'all been playing some good ball. That's the East. Let's go to the West, ladies and gentlemen. Headed by the Denver Nuggets at 41 and 18. Second is the Memphis Grizzlies at 35 and 22. Followed by third, the Sacramento Kings, 32 and 25. Remember I told you when I first brought in shooting lights out that the Kings, if they get a coach and they have one in Mike Brown, don't be surprised if the Kings make some noise and make Player. I had them in the play-in, but they sit in third in the West right now. Third in the West. The Clippers are sitting fourth. The Phoenix Suns fifth. The Dallas Mavericks sits to be above the play-in slot. And your playing teams are the New Orleans Pelicans, the Minnesota Timberwolves, the Golden State Warriors, the Randy Defending Champions, and the Oklahoma City Thunder. 11 is the Utah Jazz. 12 is the Portland Trailblazers, and sitting 13th is the Los Angeles Lakers, who are currently two games out of the playing spot of the Oklahoma City Thunder, a team that already beat the Los Angeles Lakers already. So that's the East and the West side of things as we get ready for the final run stretch of the NBA season. And they will get back in action on Thursday, on February 23rd. And this is your lineup right here. On the 23rd, it's a great lineup on the 23rd, ladies and gentlemen, Thursday. It's going to be great. The Cleveland Cavaliers playing host to the top team in the West in the uh, Denver Nuggets. The top team in the NBA is out in East with the, the Boston Celtics. They are on the road to take on the Indiana Pacers. TNT has your double header when the Memphis Grizzlies and John Morant take on Joel and B, James Harden, the Philadelphia 76ers at 7.30. Also at 7.30, you have the New Orleans Pelicans visiting the Weeda North up in Canada to take on Toronto Raptors. Also at 9 p.m., you got the Oklahoma City Thunder versus the Utah Jazz. The Portland Trailblazers are in Sacramento to take on the Kings. And then your second up a doublehead on TNT, the reigning defending champion Golden State Warriors, squaring off against the Los Angeles Lakers. That is Thursday. And then Friday, we got a good slate for you on Friday. 7 p.m., the New York Knicks are in the nation's capital to take on the Washington Wizards. 
ESPN has your double header starting at 7.30 when the Miami Heat face off against the Milwaukee Bucks. Will Giannis be able to play that game or will he need to miss some time? We should find out before that game tip off. But also at 7.30, down in the ATL, the Atlanta Hawks hosting the Cleveland Cavaliers. And then the second half of this Friday night special, the Brooklyn Nets, they are in Chi-Town to take on Zach Levine, the Chicago Bulls. And then your second of your second of the ESPN doubleheader takes us to Phoenix, Arizona, where Sherry Gillis Alexander and the Oklahoma City Thunder take on Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and the Phoenix Suns. Will Kevin Durant be back by then? And then at 10:30, we have the surprising Sacramento Kings. They are at crypto.com to take on Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, and the Los Angeles Clippers. And that will do it for around the hardwood NBA style, ladies and gentlemen. As we gonna take our first break of the day, and then when we come back, we got I got a I got a heat check for you guys. So we'll be back. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Into the Net FC. Kylian Mbappe just all of a sudden finally understood his role, and I think he finally understood that everything Kylian Mbappe has accomplished already, you know, there is still a hell of a lot waiting for him in the future. Kylian Mbappe is only 24 years old. He has accomplished so much, and you know what? Kylian Mbappe has not even reached his prime. Finally seeing, you know, the Marcus Rashford we have been hoping for for such a long time, you know. But, you know, this game, you know, after after everything Manchester United has been, you know, doing lately, you know, th this was actually the ultimate test, you know, to see if Manchester United, you know, all, honestly was all of a sudden for real. I, I explained this. The United States, maybe they have to suffer this loss as a lesson to learn to prepare for the future. Because four years from now, the World Cup is in not one, not two, but three countries. The United States of America, Canada, and Mexico. Into the NetFC is available on all streaming platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and YouTube. The Playmakers blog is proudly to announce that it is sponsored by Fanatics. Fanatics, where you can get all your official license. Sports gear, memorabilia, whether it's for the National Football League, the National Basketball Association, Major League Baseball, National Hockey League, or even International Soccer League, or even college sports. So whip your team, whip the hardware, get comfortable, because Fanatics is the way to go, where sports fans shop and official license everything. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Shooting Lifestyle. And as you can see here, y'all saw that commercial for Fanatics. And I'm going to say it again. Site-wide today only. Up to 65% off site-wide. Promo code 65BOLT. That is 65-B-O-L-T. Get your gear. Get your NBA gear. Get your college gear. March Madness is on the way. The NBA playoffs is shortly after that. So go ahead, get your gear. Get in and get right. Okay? Now that I got that out of the way, we have a heat check in the college basketball world.
That's right, ladies and gentlemen. That logo that you seeing right there, that's not that's not a mistake, ladies and gentlemen. No, that is the Northwestern Wildcats logo from the Big Ten. These guys have been balling as of lately, ladies and gentlemen, and I had to give them a heat check. It is a must-do. Snowman will probably be proud of me when he sees this when I send it to him that I did a heat check on his Northwestern Wildcats because I have to admit, these guys have been impressive. Oh, my goodness. Oh, the last five games, they have – now, right now, they are second in the Big 12. Yes, they are second in the Big 12. Now, I'll show you since towards the end of this. They are ranked 21st in the polls as of right now. If I remember correctly, they are ranked 21st, and we'll get to those in our last segment of the show. But they have been balling 20 and 7 on the season. Their last five games, they went to Madison, Wisconsin, and came out with a two-point victory over the Wisconsin Badgers. From there, they went down to Columbus, Ohio, and gave the Ohio State Buckeyes their 13th loss of the season. I don't remember the last time Ohio State played this bad in a season. 13 losses already with 69-63 win. And then that's when the world started to take notice because number one pretty walked in to Northwestern. And they left out with an L, 64-58, Northwestern stunned number one. And they wasn't done because 14-rate Indiana came in the very next game, and they stunned the Hoosiers, 64-62. Back-to-back top 15 wins for Northwestern Wildcats as unranked. And then on this past Sunday, they went ahead and decided, and decided to destroy the Iowa Hawkeyes, 80-60. So that 20-7 and seven record is part of right here. Five of is right there with two top 15 wins on their resume. Northwestern, these numbers are not eye-popping numbers of a 20-17, but these are the numbers that they have to be 20-7. and seven. They are scoring 68.5 points per game, shooting 41% from the field, shooting 50 2% from three, snatching 32 rebounds and averaging 13 assists a game. Not eye-popping numbers, but when you're 20 and 7 and you can take down number one and number 14 in back-to-back games, you deserve the spotlight. And Northwestern is sure is getting the spotlight here. Now their next games, the next four games before they lead up to the Big Ten tournament is they are at Illinois on Thursday. And after that, they are at Maryland Sunday. Two tough games, two world games. It's not easy to win. Then to begin the month of March, they got Penn State visiting, and then they finished their regular season at Arkansas. So you can say they can probably go at least at very least two and two. I think they can beat Penn State and Arkansas. It's at Illinois and at Maryland that are tricky for me when it comes to this Northwestern team, saying that they don't score that many points and. A team like Illinois and Maryland can actually put up points in budgets. Well, we shall see. But for Northwestern, there's been some good ones. And speaking of which, here is the bit. Then standings is the top 10 teams in the standing. Purdue still at number one at 13 and four. Right behind them is the Northwestern Wildcats, 11 and five. Sitting third is the Indiana Hoosiers at 10 and six. There is Maryland right there. Iowa. Rutgers, Michigan, Illinois, Michigan State, and Penn State. So their last four games are against teams that are ranked in the top 10 in the Big Ten standings. Okay? You got to go to Illinois, who are currently 17-9 and nine on the season. You got to go to Maryland, 18-9 and nine on the season. 
You own to Penn State, 16 and 11. You, you probably can get that one. And then you have Rutgers, 17 and 10. That's the last four games. And by the way, the Big Ten tournament is in Chicago. So guess who has home court awareness for the Big Ten tournament? That would be Northwestern Wildcats because guess what? They are only 30, 35 minutes away from Chicago. That is that nothing but this nothing but a trip to the other side of the other side of, other side of town. That's all that is. So when that tips off and then that big in the Big Ten tournament, by the way, let me look at it. The start of the Big Ten tournament would be March 8th, three days after their regular season ends against workers. Three days later, they are in Chicago to start the Big Ten tournament. And the Big Ten tournament would go from March 8th to March 12th on Selection Sunday, with the championship game being at 3.30 on CBS. So, like I said, we getting around, we getting around to that time of the season. Conference tournament, March Madness. It's gonna be fun and and, and hectic to see. But I had to give. Northwestern, their props, they're due because they solidified themselves as an NCAA tournament when they knocked off Purdue, and then they followed it up with a win against 14 right in Indiana. Give them their due. Give them a shout-out. Northwestern. Northwestern. You guys are in the heat check mode for shooting lights out, and congratulations. Now, can you go finish the job and get ready for the Big Ten tournament? We shall see. Welcome to Ringside Chaos the professional wrestling discussion segment of the Bear of Texas podcast. The only professional wrestling podcast in the world where pro wrestling is discussed passionately, with confidence, with great knowledge, and most of all, in the most sophisticated way. So brace yourselves, ladies and gentlemen, because chaos is about to be unleashed. Thing with Tony Khan now being in talks to WWE, I'm going to be honest with you. I spoke to this with Ricky Litwinkowicz, aka the Master of Mayhem, and he honestly believes that me talking about Tony Khan buying WWE is basically I'm kind of wasting my time because Ricky believes it's never going to happen. Okay. Now I now don't get me wrong, Ricky. I respect his. I respect what he says. He's he could very well be correct. But I got to be honest with you, the fact that Khan is interested in supposedly buying WWE, I mean, to me, that's definitely worth talking about. Now, <laughs> now, I should mention this. Shout out to Ricky, by the way. And I got to mention this, that even Jim Cornette already had something to say. And he said, and I quote, ridiculous to think that could happen, unquote. <laughs> a wrestling fan that's been super supportive of Brody Lee as a wrestler and everything that WWE could have done with him and you know everything that he could have shown and you know offered for the wrestling business you know for me I just I wasn't just a fan of Brody Lee himself like in character I strongly respected him you know as a human being like I had a lot of respect for Jonathan Huber you know that's Mr. Brody Lee's real name so basically I had a lot of respect for Brody Lee, Luke Harper and of course Mr. Jonathan Huber particular episode 
was about world-class championship wrestling. And the episode title is, you know, WCCW Wrestling's Lone Star Legacy. And because I am the Bear of Texas, and I do hail from the Dallas-Fort Worth area of the state of Texas, world-class championship wrestling was basically my territory as far as being a wrestling fan goes. Ladies and gentlemen, Ringside Chaos is available on all streaming platforms including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and YouTube. The Playmakers Bar is proudly to announce that it letter a partnership deal with Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus. Stream live sports from any device that you have, whether it is your computer, laptop, or even your cellular device. Catch breaking news live when it happens, and enjoy a mountain of entertainment from movies to shows to whatever you love doing. Paramount Plus. Plan starts at $4.99 a month, but right now, you can get a free trial. Just hit that link below with the Playmakers blog and start your free trial right now. Paramount Plus, Mountains of the Entertainment. All right, welcome back to Shooting the Lifestyle, ladies and gentlemen. First and foremost, shout out to my, my partner in crime there, Alex Alcazar, with Ringside Chaos. I'll be joining his show for the first time since he made that show happen. So, Help recap in Elimination Chamber and get the road set for WrestleMania. I can't wait to do that with him. Uh, secondly, Paramount Plus, ladies and gentlemen, Mountains of Entertainment, live sports, breaking news, Mountains of Entertainment, whatever you want from CBS, BET, Comedy Central, Nickelodeon, MTV, and Sunnysness Channel. Get it now and get it popping because, like I said, March Madness is on the way. And you want to have Paramount Plus to catch these games on Paramount Plus. I bet you that. Now, speaking of college basketball and uh, March Madness, final topic of the day. And we talking college basketball. And if you're looking for a you know title of the segment and whatnot, or if you're trying to figure out what the title of the segment is, it's quite simple. We're calling it. March Madness watch, ladies and gentlemen, because that is exactly what we're on right now. Once our star weekend is over in the NBA, March Madness watch begins, which is today. It begins today, and it goes all the way up to Selection Sunday on March 12th, ladies and gentlemen. And we're going to kick it off with the men's side here and uh, to begin. The recap of what took place over the weekend. After Indiana took that loss to the uh, Northwestern Wildcats, they went home and took and took and took their payback out on Illinois, winning in by three seventy-one to sixty-eight. Tennessee, they felt the wrath of the Kentucky Wildcats at Rupp Arena, the, with the Wildcats upsetting and sweeping the Tennessee Volunteers, sixty-six to fifty-four. The Volunteers have lost both meetings with the Kentucky Wildcats. The Red River Showdown was in Austin, Texas. With the Texas Longhorns trying to sweep the season series of their Oklahoma Sooners rivalries, and they did just so, but they need an overtime to do it because these two teams kept battling back and forth. The six-ring Longhorns escape, escape home, upset, 85-83 in overtime. Sticking in a bit to the 12th-ranked Kansas State Wildcats, they was hosting on 19th-ranked 
Iowa State Cyclone, big day for Keontae Johnson. He he was on display for the for the Wildcats so as the Wildcats win 61 to 55. Down in the ACC, head down to Corey Gables down in Miami, Florida, as the 15 ring Hurricanes took care of business against the Wake Forest Demon Deacons, 96 to 87. But we're not done here. After Purdue went to lost to Northwestern, they went to Maryland and they took a beating, a beating by the Terrapins, 68 to 54. The third rank Purdue Boilermakers went down again, making it their fourth loss of the season, and surprisingly, to the Maryland Terrapins. Well, that's it. Would that be enough to get the Terrapins into the NCAA tournament with the 18 and 8 record with a top three win, by the way? From the Big Ten back to the Big 12, TCU ranked 22nd in the country, hosted Oklahoma State, and they put it on Oklahoma State. A hundred. A hundred was dropped in a college game, ladies and gentlemen. TCU got the century mark and beat Oklahoma State 75 to 100, a 25-point win. Then your your primetime game, your I should say, I want to say primetime game, but your headline game of the weekend took us to Lawrence, to Lawrence, Kansas. The Allen Fieldhouse as the Kansas Jayhawks hosted the Baylor Bears in a top 10 showdown in the Big 12. And one in the first half, it was all Baylor up 13 at halftime. But you see the final score, 87 to 71 win for the Kansas Jayhawks. They put on the display and a show in the second half, dropping 55 points in the second half alone as Kansas overcame a 13-point halftime deficit win by 16. That is a third, that is a 29-point difference from the first half to the second half. Shout out to Kansas and did so. To the ACC, we had a North Carolina rivalry when North Carolina Tar Heels took the trip to Raleigh, North Carolina, face off with the 23rd ranked Wolfpack of North Carolina State. And North Carolina, they are struggling in Northwestern. They are prime and ready for a NCAA tournament run, 77-69 Wolfpack over the Tar Heels. Down to the American Conference, the second ring Houston Cougars hosted Memphis. Penny Hardaway's team and Kevin Sampson got the best of Penny Hardaway on this one, 72 to 64. Big win, a big win for the Cougars over the Tigers. Then after that took place this weekend, here's our, here's your new AP Top 25 rankings for Week 16. Houston, we claims the number one spot once again. Alabama falls to number two after their loss to the Tennessee Titans earlier in the week. Kansas jumps up to three. UCLA's at remains at four. Purdue drops from three to five. Virginia is at six. Arizona seven. Texas eight. Baylor nine. Despite losing in spectacular fashion to Kansas, Marquette is ten. Shout out to Soccer Smart and what he's doing with the Marquette Eagles, the tenth ranked team in the country. The rest of your top 25, you have Tennessee at 11, Gonzaga 12, Miami 13, Kansas State 14, St. Mary's 15, Xavier 16, Indiana 17, Yukon 18, Creighton 19, Providence coming in at 20, Northwestern, the heat check of the day, comes in at 21, San Diego State 22, Iowa State 23, TCU 24, and rounding out the top 25, it is the Texas A&M Aggies. Now over the week, now over the last week, the uh, 
committee came out with their uh, bracket preview, the top 16 seeds before what before what took place this weekend. Alabama was the number one overall seed, and then you had Houston, Purdue, and Kansas all being number one seeds, as you can see here. You see Indiana, you see Baylor, you see Virginia, you see Xavier, Texas, Tennessee, Marquette, UCLA, Iowa State, Gonzaga, Arizona, and Kansas State. But can it stay this way with the remaining games left in conference tournament? I doubt it. Now, we've, we are forced to see Houston, Purdue, Kansas, and Alabama as number one seeds. Maybe Purdue might be the one that dropped to a two seed, and Kansas might and, uh, can, and uh, a team like Arizona might come back and grab the one seed. But outside of that, I don't see these top 16 teams staying in this order in this way. There will be uh, some new teams in new spots, in my opinion. Nevertheless, bubble watch is always a great time this time of year because we got to watch the team that's on the bubble. And here are the teams that's on the bubble, according to Jordan Arnotti of ESPN. Nevada. Last four buys, Nevada Wolfpack. Boise State Broncos, the Memphis Tigers, the, the Memphis Tigers, and the West Virginia Mountaineers. The last four in Kentucky Wildcats, North Carolina Tar Heels, Wisconsin Badgers, the Clemson Tigers. You have two blue bloods on the last four in line in Kentucky and North Carolina. Raise your hand. If you thought going into the season that both North Carolina and Kentucky would be at the, the last four in slot past the midway point of February with just about a handful of games left before beginning the conference tournament. Anybody? 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 No, 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 no. I'm not alone. Good. First four out, Mississippi State of the SEC, UCLA of the Pac-12, fellow Pac-12, Oregon State, Charleston, Next four out, New Mexico, Seton Hall, Utah, and Wake Forest. That is what is going on on the men's side of things, as you can see. And then the game's coming up tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Big game tonight. Top 25 matchup at Fort Worth, Texas, as the 22nd-ranked TCU Horn Frogs will be hosting. Actually, these ain't the, the new records haven't come out yet. This is when I did this, the new records haven't come out yet, so I need to change that. So we talking TCU and uh, Kansas, right? So we're talking the 20, 24 versus 3 in Kansas versus TCU. You got Baylor and K-State on ESPN2. So ESPN2, you have – so, no, tonight, the only game you need to watch tonight is Kansas and TCU tonight. Tomorrow. Tomorrow at 7 p.m., Baylor KU on ESPN2. On ESPN at the same time at 7 p.m., Tennessee is at Texas A&M, who is ranked 25. FS1 at 8.30. Tomorrow, Marquette and Creighton do battle. And on the Longhorn Network, you have Iowa State and Texas do battle. That is the men's side. We're going over to the women's side, ladies and gentlemen. You know I got to show love to my ladies. And shout out to Miss Megan Price for joining me that day when we did our uh, WBA special. Our women's special, should I say. Talking both WBA and women and college women's basketball. But for here, we're going to get it started here. This is what took place over the weekend, ladies and gentlemen. The 18th ranked Wildcats of Arizona upset the fourth ranked Utah Utes 82 to 72. Big win for the Wildcats. Tough loss for the Utah Utes. Nevertheless, they are still in prime position to be in the East Tournament. 
the most dominant team in the Pac-12, the Stanford Cardinals, continue to win Pac-12 games left and right as they survived the 25th-ranked Trojans of USC 50-47. UConn, after losing to South Carolina in game of the week last on last Sunday, they took their talents down to Philadelphia to take on the Villanova Wildcats, 6 versus 14 with number 6 in firm control of this game not allowing Villanova to get within five points of them throughout the entire game. Thus, the UConn Huskies' ladies get back on track, 60-51. to 51. Then after the Arizona Wildcats took down Utah, they had 21st ranked Colorado come walking into Arizona, Tempe, Arizona, and Tucson, Arizona, so I say, and they gave the Buffaloes the business, 61-42. Big win for the Wildcats, another rank, another top 25 ruin for the Lady Wildcats on that. Oh, but we had an upset after the 25th-ranked Trojans fell short against the Cardinals. They went down to Cal to take on the Cal Bears, and the Lady Bears gave the Trojans another L, 81-78. Bad loss. Very bad loss for the Lady Trojans in that one. After those, these were the rankings. By the way, uh, South Carolina did survive their overtime game against Ole Miss. Very close call. But nevertheless, here is your top 25 for the Lady Sack, South Carolina number one, 27 and 0, obviously. Indiana number two, Stanford number three, UConn number four, LSU five, Iowa six, Maryland seven, Utah drops to eight, Virginia moves up to nine, and Notre Dame stays at 10. 11 through 25, Duke, Michigan, Oklahoma, Arizona, and Villanova round out the top 15, followed by Ohio State, UCLA, Gonzaga, Texas, and Iowa State at 20. And then Colorado, North Carolina, Florida State, UNLV, Middle Tennessee State. Shout out to Middle Tennessee State and Illinois both being tied for the 25th and final spot of the top 25 rankings. Here's all the top 16 teams for the, uh, according to the committee, going into this week. South Carolina, number one, Indiana, number two, Stanford, three, UConn, four, LSU, five, Utah, six, Iowa, seven, Duke, eight, Maryland, nine, Indiana, Notre Dame, 10, Michigan, 11, Texas, 12, Virginia Tech, 13, North Carolina, 14, Villanova, 15, Ohio State, 16. But that will change, obviously, because we still got games to play in the conference tournament to go at it. So speaking of which, Charlie Cream's bubble watch, ladies and gentlemen, for ESPN. We did Joel Nights for the men. Now it's time for Charlie Cream and the women's last four buys Oregon, Washington State, Purdue, and Georgia. With the last four in being Arkansas, Marquette, Princeton, and Mississippi State. Interesting there. Very interesting. Princeton has a chance to sneak in. And the Lady Golden Eagles, well, Marquette got a chance to sneak in too. First four out, Nebraska, West Virginia, Syracuse, and St. John's. And St. John was having a stellar start to the season. And they haven't been telling off lately, man. They haven't seen the pick it back up. They haven't seen the pick it back up. But if St. John's can pick it back up, they can make the tournament. But they got to pick it back up. The next four out, Kansas State, Missouri, Rhode Island, and Toledo. And the games to be prepared for between tonight and tomorrow in the college women games. First off, we go on to the Big 12. We have the game kicking it off at 7 p.m. 13 ranked Ohio State taking a trip to Ann Arbor, Michigan to take on the 12th ranked Michigan Wolverines in this rivalry. 
This should be a doozy one here. Then on ESPN two at nine p.m. we have a top twenty matchup in the big in the Pac twelve when the sixteen ring Lady Bruins of UCLA take on the Stanford Cardinals, third team in the country. Tomorrow we spot we talk about St. John's and you can see they can get back on track where well, they have a tall test because they take on the UConn Huskies in Connecticut. And then finally at 8 p.m., Iowa is taking a trip to Maryland to take on the Terrapins. Clady Clark taking on the Maryland Terrapins. This should be a doozy one to watch too tomorrow as well, ladies and gentlemen. That should be a doozy. And with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, that will do it for today's show of Shooting Myself. Thank you for joining. Thank you for watching. We are on the watch for March Madness now. Get your gear for Fanatics and Liz. Use the promo codes. Get geared up. Get ready. Because we are on the we are on the March Madness watch. And then after that, we are on the playoff watch. It's getting hot and heavy in the world of basketball. Let's get to it. Until next time, I'll catch y'all later. Good. You've done great. But you can't stop here. You can't stop now. You gotta keep going. Through all your trials and your tribulations, you gotta keep pushing. Now, finish your campaign. Yeah, gotta get it out the mud, that's the only way to win. Who am I to point the finger like I never ever seen? Been through the ups and downs like the letter end. They don't let you through the dope, better kick that again. Cause that's the only way to win. That's the only way to go. Gotta get it out the mud. Gotta get it out the flow. Cause that's the only way to go. Let's go. Thank you for tuning in today's episode. If you want to follow the podcast, you can follow it on all streaming platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and a whole lot more. This has been Shooting the Lights Out. Masterpiece.